0: Hello, friends, and welcome to Into the Word, a radio and online program committed to reading, loving, and living the whole counsel of God. I'm your host and Bible guide, Pastor Paul Carter. Your word is a lamp unto my feet. If you have your Bible with you, I'd love for you to open it now to Psalm 42. This is a psalm that we've already covered here at End of the Word, but I wanted to come back to it today because of its particular relevance to our experience as God's people during this COVID 19 pandemic. There is a psalm for every season. I said a couple of weeks ago in the first COVID 19 special episode that we released on Psalm 91 that Psalm 91 is the go to psalm in times of trouble. Martin Luther said about Psalm 91, this is the most distinguished jewel among all the Psalms of consolation, quote. So if you haven't listened to that episode yet, go and do it, or just go and read Psalm 91. It is really the perfect Psalm for times when you feel assaulted and surrounded by physical and spiritual danger. So we began there, but that was two weeks ago, and now we're in a bit of a different place. In a situation like this, anxiety tends to come first, but now we're Kind of settling in. The best information out there seems to indicate that the wisest thing we can do right now is just hunker down. We are likely to be on lockdown for at least another month, maybe two. I just heard that one major city near me has already decided to cancel all public events and withdraw all permits for public gatherings through to the end of June. So this is going to go on for a while. And that brings up another issue the issue of isolation and soul weariness. And as you might imagine, there is a psalm for that. Psalm 42 is the classic psalm for spiritual longing. It helps us give voice to what we're feeling right now. It it helps refine how we think about what we're feeling right now. And that's one of the main reasons that we read the Psalms. Saint Augustine told his people, form thy spirit, By the affection of the psalm. If the psalm breathes the spirit of prayer, do you pray. If it is filled with groaning, groan also thyself. If it is gladsome, do thou rejoice also. If it encourages hope, then hope thou in God. If it calls to godly fear, then tremble thou before the divine majesty. For all things therein contained are mirrors to reflect our own real characters. Let the heart do what the words signify. So this psalm, Psalm 42, gives us permission to feel what we are feeling right now. And it helps us to express what we're feeling right now. But then most important, it tells us what to do with how we're feeling right now. It is the psalm for the hour. Now, my Bible provides a brief ascription to this psalm. It says, To the choirmaster, a maskil of the sons of Korah. The ascription means only that it belonged to the sons of Korah. They sang it, it was part of their repertoire. But it doesn't necessarily imply that they composed it, and in fact, it has traditionally been understood as a psalm of David. W.S. Plumer, for example, says, It well suits the case of David in his long exile from Jerusalem in the days of Saul, closed quote. Van Gemmeren is a little more cautious, but leaves us in basically the same place. He says, even though the life situation remains controversial, it is evident that the psalmist was isolated from the temple worship, closed quote. And that's the point. That's the connection for us. This psalm is about how even strong men, even warrior men, men like David, suffer and struggle when they're cut off from corporate worship. Are you feeling that, brothers? Are you feeling that, sisters? While this psalm was, in fact, written by a strong man, it applies just as well to strong women. Strong men and strong women alike are lamenting the loss of corporate worship in this unusual season. We have all been temporarily deprived of something that we need, something that we were made for, something that is as essential to our life as bread and water. And that's exactly what this psalm is about. This psalm helps us give voice to that need and to that hunger. So hear now the word of the Lord, beginning at verse 1. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. Well, of course, if you're my age or older, then it's very difficult to hear that verse without being reminded of that terribly sappy chorus we used to sing ad nauseum back in the 80s. That soundtrack establishes a tone in our minds that probably isn't very helpful. This is not a sappy psalm. This is a strong psalm. The Hebrew word translated here as deer actually means stag, a male deer, or a ram. Which is why the old King James Version translated it as heart, H-A-R-T. As the heart panteth for the water, so my soul longeth after thee. David is like a stag on the run. And because he's on the run, he can't stop. He dare not stop for the life-giving water of corporate worship. That's what's going on here. So this is way closer to Lord of the Rings than to the sappy chorus we used to sing in the 80s. And making that switch in the soundtrack of your mind might actually help you get into the right headspace for the rest of the psalm. In verse 2, David says, My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food, day and night, while they say to me all the day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go with a throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise. A multitude keeping festival. Religious festivals in those days involved feasting. The Israelites looked forward to those festivals because they were often the only time that they got to eat meat. But David is cut off from all that now. He says, my Tears have been my food day and night. That's, that's what I'm eating. Like a hungry man, David is dreaming of food, the food of worship. And of course, a lot of us are feeling the exact same way. There, there is a taste associated with our New Testament worship, isn't there? And we are, by and large, cut off from that. There, there's a lot that we can do online, and we're thankful for that. But communion, the Lord's Supper, probably isn't one of those things and we miss that. We long for that. Because like David right now, it feels like we're just chewing on our tears in the meantime. And yet David doesn't want to wallow in despair. So he starts talking to himself in verse 5. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. My soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I remember you from the land of Jordan and of Hermon, from Mount Mizar. Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, of course, said famously that the key to avoiding depression was to spend more time talking to yourself than listening to yourself. And we can see David doing that here. He's pastoring himself. He's, he's leading himself. Why are you cast down? Hope in God, you knucklehead. He's got this in hand you'll praise him again. This isn't going to last forever. We've been through things like this before. God was faithful then. So there's no reason to suspect he won't be faithful this time. We jump back into the text of verse 7. These are familiar words. Deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have gone over me. I love what J. Alec Montier says about this phrase. He says, the deep was in pagan thought considered an independent force, antagonistic to the ordered work of the Creator. There may be a suggestion here that behind his human adversaries there lie hidden, dark forces of evil, regarding which he reminds himself that any and every power at work is but a tool in Yahweh's hand. Satan's breakers are Yahweh's waves, quote. That is well and helpfully said. Verse 8, by day the Lord commands his steadfast love and at night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. Here we see David taking his eyes off those dark hidden forces and putting them squarely upon God. That's the decision you have to make to win the battle over your own fears and depression. And David is doing that. I will not stare fearfully into the dark. I will look to God who is with me in my prayers and in my song. I will praise and pray my way out of these shadows. So help me, God. Verse nine, I say to God, my rock, Why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me while they say to me all the day long, where is your God? Here we see that David's prayers were not mere platitudes. He asked real questions, but he asked them in faith. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? That's faithful questioning. David takes his hurts and his injuries and his concerns to God, and then he takes what God gives him in that exchange, and he turns around and speaks peace and truth to himself. We see that in verse 11 as the psalm comes to a close. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. In this psalm, we see David acting almost like a go-between, moving back and forth between his soul and his God. He speaks to God, and then he turns around, and he kind of berates his soul. Tim Keller says here, this self-communion is a vital spiritual discipline. Let me repeat that. This self-communion is a vital spiritual discipline. Brothers and sisters, this is the work we need to do. We need to lead ourselves in this hour. We need to deal honestly with how we're feeling. But before we share how we're feeling, before we post on Facebook or vent on Twitter, we need to do as David does here. We need to take our feelings to the Lord. Tell him the truth. God, this is how I'm feeling. Then let him speak to you. Let his word address your hunger and frustration. Do that work. Go back and forth. And like David did... (laughs) Let God have the last word. And only after God has spoken to your soul should you or I or anyone else be speaking and teaching other people. That's the work we need to do, brothers and sisters, and we need to do it right now. This COVID-19 thing could go either way for the church. On the other side of this, we could find ourselves with a unique opportunity and with increased influence that by God's grace, we could leverage for ministry and witness in this world or we could be the knuckleheads who spoke without thinking who passed on silliness and panic who ranted like lunatics against the government and who just generally did not sound like people who know the lord so that's the challenge this psalm gives voice to how we're feeling but then it curbs corrects and corrals those feelings so This is the psalm we need to wrestle with before we go back out into the world. Just like Psalm 91 was the psalm for the start of this crisis, I believe that Psalm 42 is the psalm for the middle of this crisis. And because the Lord is who he is, and because the Bible is what it is, I suspect that there will be a psalm for the end of this crisis as well. Thanks be to God. And thank you for listening to this special COVID-19 episode of Into the Word. If you don't have a church to connect with on Sunday, I'd like to invite you to join with us at Cornerstone Baptist Church here in Aurelia. You can find our service at www.cornerstonearelia.org. Hang in there, friends. This too shall pass. We shall again gather to praise him in our own churches, with our own friends and family, in God's perfect timing. Until then, be well. And I'll see you again real soon, right here, for another episode of Into the Word.